0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line
1: with John Purcell.
0: Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the city's largest independent accountancy practice, www.ons.ie.
2: Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you this morning until 10 o'clock. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours on Saturday Buffet, the breakfast buffet indeed. Hopefully we find you well this morning. We know it's been a tough week for many people and many people are finding it difficult. But thanks to the listener who texted us in this morning reminding us that today is the United Nations International Day of Happiness and the slogan for that is keep calm, stay wise and be kind. This morning on the bottom line we've got lots of positivity. We've got a positive story of growth and development in the Irish heart, a culture sector driven by massive movement during COVID by Irish people to the proverbial room outside. During the week we heard government announcements of a massive £27.9 in urban regeneration and redevelopment projects in Carlow and Kilkenny. We'll talk to Kieran Comfort, Director of Services with Carlow County Council, about what this will mean for business in Carlow. While in Kilkenny we'll hear from City Centre business owners Anne Barber of The Butterslip and Rory Gannon of Cakeface and Face about what they think of the pending investment. But first, as we do every week, we start the programme with a look back at some of the big business stories of the last week and unfortunately uh, perhaps the biggest one uh, came out of a not very positive piece of news with unguarded comments by the assistant chief medical officer at a press conference on the battlefront with covid giving indications that current lockdown restrictions look set to continue pretty much as is well into the summer i put it to donald o'donovan that this is absolutely huge ramifications for business
1: Massive, massive, um, and I suppose it's a it's a it's a huge blow because there's a lot of businesses out there, as you know, who are preparing to reopen, who are particularly owner-operated businesses, or, or who are quietly kind of you know, talking to suppliers, uh, going into their premises, seeing what they can do, trying to, trying to assess their staffing needs and trying to plan for a reopening sometime in April. Um, and and I, I think all those hopes are, are being dashed as we speak. Uh, huge, obviously, then to people who are out of work, um, notionally temporarily out of work, but in some cases out of work effectively for, for more than a year with with a three four maybe you know more more months to go of that um that's huge uh, particularly as you're coming into the summer season so, like if if um uh, hotels and, and and restaurants and takeaways and pubs in particular like uh, uh, Kilkenny is 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 a busy tourist town in the summer in the summer months particularly the weekends the whole west coast is relying on this um reopening to get to get back to work and and and, and and businesses are paying out money in the meantime. So, you know, some people are still paying their rent. Some people are still uh, having to pay for... Uh, Light electricity to keep refrigeration work. Like there are overheads all the time for 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 businesses and bank and and bank loans that have to be honoured, maybe because uh, because they're not in payment breaks or whatever. So very very difficult. I, I'm I need like the the sort of the emotional uh, hit from it this week. I think is going to be very rough. The financial hit is just going to be ongoing. And and the fact that there's no certainty, I think, is real frustration for people. Particularly because frankly, at this point, other countries are now coming through vaccination programs that are paying off in terms of reopening
2: and i suppose there's two ways of looking at it the glass half full or glass half empty because i have heard it said that uh, people in europe are looking at ireland as delivering the vaccine when we have it as quite well but it doesn't feel like that the communication is a bit of a mess at this end
1: it doesn't feel like that because relatively few people have been vaccinated to be honest so um, yeah, yeah it looks like you know once the vaccine is here it, it, it is getting into people's arms but, but it's not getting here all that quickly and, and the stuff with the AstraZeneca this week which it looks like was an unnecessary kind of um, shutdown in terms of what the European Medicine Agency uh, you know believed is, is is safe that's frustration that puts us back again um, so yeah when, when the vaccine is here it's, it's being delivered but it's not really coming in as fast as you would like as you would like the uk is vaccinating away to be the band israel is the, is the kind of the standout example of a of a, of a country renormalizing normalizing on, on the back of a successful vaccine program and the us is moving ahead very very quickly from a bad start they are now vaccinating very, very quickly.
2: Uh, you mentioned uh, hospitality and the tourism sector facing a huge uh, hit, but uh, construction as well—it's it, pretty unparalleled and unprecedented, uh, having a complete shutdown, particularly in in the context whereby we have a housing shortage.
1: Yes, yeah, and 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 I suppose there is a frustration in the industry there that a lot of construction work, obviously, is outdoors and and should be. It should be possible to do that with um with uh with with physical distancing from from each other and and with the the benefit of the outdoors uh construction sites should you would think be a relatively easier kind of play to reopen than, than maybe enclosed spaces but it doesn't look like construction is going to be back up and running quickly um, and 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 you know as we saw before uh, at the end of the, the the first lockdown you know it took it takes a while for sites to get back up to speed as well so whenever it is that that, that sites can reopen i think in fairness the the builders themselves will be around um the, the, the there, there won't be a massive issue finding the staff but but getting supplies in and and, and getting up to speed and and having your like certification of every kind of step of, of of particularly on a on a large site with a lot of houses or apartments being built, that all takes time. So it's slow to reopen and 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 slower again if you can't if you can't plan that around hard dates. Now that look, you can't. Nothing at the moment can be done around hard dates, but 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 firmer dates or maybe you know uh, an ability to kind of to to better predict uh, what, what's per- what's doable and what's permissible would, would would hugely benefit the industry. there's a huge frustration there. Yeah. I think, um I think for people who are looking to, 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 to you know, to, to to buy houses, if you're looking at house prices rising at the moment, house prices are rising probably because there's a there's a general belief that 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 supply is going to, to remain constrained into the future.
2: Uh, moving on from uh, the dreaded COVID, the Data Protection Commissioner of Ireland's Helen Dixon, she's got a pretty pivotal role in the European battle, I suppose, to uh, control the use of data by Google and Facebook and so on. She's not too popular with her peers these days
1: so she's coming under a lot of pressure the sustained pressure now in the last kind of four or five days we're seeing from from her german opposite number interestingly enough who's 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 written to the um the committee of the european uh, parliament that's looking into all of this kind of stuff and 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 kind of blasted the irish uh, the irish position really um uh, the, the 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 German data commissioner has said that they've sent fifty complaints about WhatsApp and since two thousand and eighteen for instance and, and that they haven't seen um resolution on any of those fifty complaints. Uh the the European Parliament Committee, which is looking at um and, uh, uh, privacy and data privacy and, and these data issues, particularly around Facebook, which is kind of the big um the big uh I suppose sore point for, for data protection in, in Europe that committee as well it looks like uh in the in the in the coming week now next thursday they're likely to bring uh, a kind of a motion to the european parliament that would effectively criticize the irish data protection commission as being too slow and uh, we've seen a lot of correspondence kind of backwards and forwards between brussels and dublin emails and letters um, being published in the last few days uh did the, the, the irish um uh, helen Dixon, who is the irish data protection commissioner she's not really taking it lying down either i mean she's she's very robustly defending her position making the point that um uh the irish the irish uh track record can stand up against any uh, any of its peers in her view she she says for instance in germany where they have maybe um faster uh, resolution of cases and 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 they're quicker to hand out fines they're what they're seeing there she says is okay that 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 is happening but those fines are maybe being revised afterwards by the courts revised down or, or thrown out altogether She's maybe more deliberative, and 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 maybe it is a bit of a it's a bit of a a, a more slow process here. But it's but but but, but she'd be more robust, so that they're not going kind to of rushing ahead and having to and having to fix things afterwards. That 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 they are actually running through with these with these kind of complaints. The other point that the Irish Data Protection Commission tends to make and makes again in this correspondence is. There's a huge focus um for policymakers on the likes of Facebook and whatsapp and the the big u s digital um media company or digital uh, platforms and things like that which do hoover up huge amounts of data and 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 has we've seen a lot of kind of problematic stuff around that um the data protection commission here makes the point that there are lots of other companies that use data there are banks that use data insurance companies all kinds of companies and and move it back and forwards across uh, and 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 state agencies of course. Um, and don't necessarily have a brilliant track record either and that maybe the single kind of minded focus on, on the big tech is distracting from, from uh, some of the problems that maybe some of these uh, other European countries are having in their own backyards. I don't know, I, I mean, I guess the, the reality is that, that big data is driving a, a particular part of the, of the economy. A lot of that is in Ireland and that means that this has fallen into Ireland's lap um and and ultimately I mean, th- th- there's a very good argument for d- for doing things carefully and for not um, and for not uh, and r- and for allowing due process and all that sort of stuff. Um, on the other hand, I guess if people make complaints about uh, use of their personal data and it takes years and years and years to come back with resolutions, then that is very very frustrating.
2: Yeah. Now, um, yeah. the BT Young Scientist Award is a great thing to have on your um, CV. Can't claim any things there myself, but the Collison brothers, my God, they took their <laughs> victory in the BT Young Scientist and They've turned it into literally billions.
1: Yeah, uh, Patrick Collison won his uh, his his BT uh, Young Scientist Award in something like 2006, and he's been he's been on a roll more or less ever since. Some roll. Uh, this was big big news um, over the last kind of ten days. The uh, the Collison Brothers Stripe, which is a big company in um, San Francisco is uh, and has operations in Ireland, they've about 300 people working here, uh, is gonna is gonna do more here. They're looking to hire. A thousand people in Ireland over five years—that's um, a good number of people. Although, you know, over five years, it's not—I mean, it's 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 good. It's not sort of it's not a it's not a dramatically huge um, number of people to work in 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 a business. And assuming that they all come, more interesting, I suppose, is the fact that they are coming to Ireland. So this is really at the again, we talk about the digital economy. It's a, it's a, it's at the a cutting edge of the digital economy globally. Um, so what Strike does basically is. They make it much easier for people who sell things online to process payments, Mm. and they do that simplifying how 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 payments are processed, and they work with all of the major credit card companies, all of the big banks, and they do that internationally.
2: And Ireland Uh, Inc. investing in them as well as part of this deal—is that unusual?
1: It, 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 well, it's relatively unusual. It, it's not as unusual as it was three years ago. So, the the um, the NTMA's um, the Strategic Banking Corporation of Ireland, the SBCI, which is part of the NTMA, is going to invest 50 million um, uh, euros in Stripe for a share. They'll become a shareholder in Stripe. But part of what the SBCI does is, when it becomes a shareholder in a company, it's on the basis that that company is going to be a jobs provider into the future. So that makes that makes a certain amount of of sense. Um, uh, look, I'm in my forties. I can remember when uh, the state was getting out of companies and privatization was really the big kind of push for about 30 years in, in in the Irish and the world economy. That is shifting, interestingly enough. So you do see the state now increasingly investing in, investing not, not as the kind of the main shareholder and not nationalizing industries, but, but looking to take a stake in things as a sort of way to guide the development of the economy. And I I guess the bet here is that Collison Brothers really are an outstanding success story, that they're really outstanding entrepreneurs in global terms. I mean, their company is the most valuable company ever to come out of Silicon Valley. If you sort of look at the the most recent valuation of Stripe and and valuations in all kinds of companies are very high at the moment, but, but they're all relative to each other. It's worth about four times what Ryanair is worth. Um, wow. Which is really an extraordinary thing, and it's only really at the start of its growth. Uh, it's worth mu- multiples of what CRH is worth. It's mu- worth multiples of what uh, Flutter, the company that owns Paddy Power, is worth. And they're the three biggest companies on the Irish stock exchange, so it's bigger than any of those um, in terms of valuation. The NTMA is getting in as a shareholder, and and I suppose partly as an investment. You know, that's that's kind of about paying for pensions and things like that in future, but also partly about making Ireland an attractive place to be based because there's there's investment potential here the bet the bet I guess is that if Stripe is here then other companies that are in the financial sector globalizing the world economy the nuts and bolts of of, of globalization is, is really payments and um, processing then other companies would cluster around that and 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 that would be a, a huge win for Ireland over you know 10 or 15 or 20 years a really good That's news. Certainly the yeah. bet. Um, yeah. it's very it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a big success
2: A big success indeed, and some really uh, brain-expanding numbers there when you put the success of the Collison Brothers in proportion with some of the other well-known Irish companies that are indeed household names. That was Donal O'Donovan, business editor with the Irish Independent uh, there. It's just 23 minutes after 9 o'clock. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about the huge sums of money that Irish people are spending in their rooms outside.
0: The bottom line
1: on KCLR with John Purcell.
0: Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Eg Shenin Laharonis Farlat. Tree is Sha'e KCLR.
2: Well, we're not Sheneming on coal. On this programme, we're talking uh, business. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. on Casey Law. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. It's 24 and a half minutes after nine. Now, cast your mind back, and this time last year, we were all at the initial stages of adjusting to the new COVID realities that have sadly become part of life in the midst of a global pandemic. But every cloud, as they say, has some sort of a silver lining. In one sector of the Irish economy... That has experienced significant growth is the horticulture sector now during the week board B, at the state organization responsible for supporting the national and indeed international ambitions of irish food drink and horticulture businesses announced that 2020 the year of the pandemic was in fact a record year for horticulture joining us to tell us all about it is carol marks who's the horticulture sector manager with board Bia good morning carol um great news for what? the horticulture sector Good
0: morning, John. Thank you for having me. Indeed, 2020, it was an extraordinary year for gardening activity and due to COVID-19. I suppose it was amplified really by the very warm and sunny spring weather that we had at this time of last year. But the gardening spend by consumers reached its highest ever level across the whole of the year.
2: Highest ever?
0: Point, highest ever level at $1.2 billion in 2020. And that was an increase of more than half compared with the previous study in 2018. This is a study that we conduct every two years. And it gives us a sense of what's happening in the market. And really, it confirmed what we were hearing on outside of, you know, from our industry colleagues, um, that they were so busy. Um, It was driven by record levels of spend on garden products, which were up 75% on the previous study in 2018, and outdoor plants, which were up 51%, over half, on the previous study. But all products measured double-digit growth, and it's actually 14% higher than the previous record high, which was in 2007 and 2008, which was the peak of the Celtic Tiger So that's very positive news, um, you know, particularly in spite of period of closures over the last year that the category has really managed to achieve record growth
2: yeah and i suppose there is the whole thing of uh, mental health and people using the uh, proverbial room outside as a way of de-stressing during very tough times I, I know i've heard people that i never heard talking about gardening before talking about how they're out there planting things and so on and they have to buy them somewhere so that's good for business
0: absolutely yes and, and
2: i i agree i think
0: that you know this this shows that people were utilizing that outdoor space whether it was a garden or a balcony you know it was a safe space for gathering when restrictions allowed outdoor gatherings in people's uh, gardens and also as you say de-stressing you know the, the whole covid experience i think for so many people and people were cocooning and you know otherwise they would have been cooped up inside the house they were able to get out into the fresh air into nature and really de-stress and enjoy the outdoors
2: Yeah, now I know um, my predecessor program on this uh, this station is Brian Redmond who presents uh, Breakfast Buffet and following him on Twitter he did some job on his garden last uh, summer. He wasn't alone um, huge uplift in spend on stuff like barbecue equipment garden sheds, trellising and all that kind of stuff Yes, yeah,
0: it was, it was up by 75% on the previous measure Seventy-five percent, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as you say, big-ticket items, barbecue equipment, furniture. um, And I think people saw their gardens in a new light. When you consider, I suppose, John, that most of the year, in normal circumstances, for nine months of the year, people are leaving for work in the dark. They're coming home in, in, in the dark. They're not seeing their gardens, mm-hmm. um, except for at weekends when they're often quite busy with other things, bringing children to sporting activities, whatever. But they saw that they saw the garden outdoor spaces in a new light, and I think they've realised, you know, what a, a wonderful um, advantage it is yeah. um, to be able to utilise it, and they wanted to make it as as nice as their indoor room and. Interestingly, you know, I often we would see within this study on years that we have a super summer or a dull summer, we will see a, a, a rise or a dip in the spend depending on the weather. But interestingly, last year, despite the fact that June, July and August, the weather changed and it became quite dull, that spend continued right up until October mm. on um, gardening.
2: Yeah, and, and so, you, Sorry, go on, Carol.
0: I was just going to say, you know, that the outdoor heaters came into play and, you know, the covered areas for gathering outside. So I think, yes, people... It, it would indicate that people really... Um, were, you know, utilising their gardens as an outdoor room and making it as nice as their indoor spaces.
2: Yeah, and oftentimes people, I've come across people actually um, on Zoom calls and so on, you know, working from the garden, there's nothing stopping people from, you know, if their Wi-Fi extends out working from the garden either.
0: That's right, absolutely, and uh, garden rooms and showmers and all of those type of things, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of uh, orders for those uh, as home offices were fulfilled. built.
2: Mm. But before we started getting into all this kind of like really high-tech garden fittings and so on, it's all about plants really, fundamentally gardens. How How is the old traditional sale of plants been doing, flowers and shrubs and all that kind of stuff? Was the uplift there as good as everywhere else?
0: It was incredible, incredible. Uh, it was up by 51% on the previous year in 2018. Yeah. And we saw people investing in making their outdoor spaces uh, quite attractive. They focused on longer term investments like the things like shrubs, which are up 79% on the previous measure. Yeah. And herbaceous perennials were up by 44%. Um, and these are longer term investments in the garden. You know they're slower growing in some cases, um, and but they add depth and structure to the borders and and colour. Um, so I think, as I said, you know people were looking at the gardens with fresh eyes, and they were prepared rather than instant colour. Um, th- they were prepared to to spend on shrubs and and uh, herbaceous perennials, and um, of course we're we're delighted with that
2: yeah now we're talking very much on the demand side what about the supply side because the people in garden centers who are supplying all these uh this burgeoning demand are are facing enormous uh difficulties as i understand it at the moment they're they're mandated to remain closed on closed unless they're selling pet food or or you know fuel or stuff like that but basically people can't be going into garden centers to get all this stuff
0: yes they are. that's that's right john and you know it's 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 a very difficult time for everybody in the industry um i have to say you know it's a real testament to our horticulture industry how they pivoted during this whole crisis when they when they were initially shut down um some of them had an online uh shopping facility A lot of smaller garden centres didn't, and they pivoted very, very quickly to taking orders either over the telephone or online, um, some even by uh, fax, by email, and they engaged with uh, delivery companies in order to deliver plants to people, deliver uh, gardening items, tools, Uh, compost, all of that type of thing, and a real testament to, um, you know, to the initiative that they showed during this very difficult time. Uh, Indeed, I know a lot of garden centres are now still doing um, online ordering for delivery. When the restrictions allowed, they were able to do click and collect, Um, and they've been so inventive so inventive
2: yeah now i know rachel doyle of the arboretum uh, is a board member of um board bea what kind of work uh, she's been you know she's been telling me over the months of all the all the challenges and all the opportunities but what kind of work is board bea doing with um you know businesses in the horticulture space
0: well primarily we work with the uh, growers we have a lot of programs uh, such as grants and uh, mentoring programs for growers. But we also work quite closely with the garden centres as well. We would run a number of promotional activities in, in collaboration with the garden centres. Um, so, so we do work quite closely across the whole of the supply chain. And we just recently had our uh, spring plant fair, which is normally, uh, we organise it with the Irish Hardy Nursery Stock Association, and that's normally a live event where all the growers gather in one venue and all the garden centre buyers come and visit to look at the plants that they're offering for the coming season. Um, but this year we facilitated a, an online virtual uh, spring plant fair, where we supported the growers and the, the retailers to come together on an online platform. Um, so we organised for the growers to be able to make videos of their plants and uh, pitch their, their their offers to the garden centres
2: yeah. virtually. Yeah, finally, Carol. So, so, so those type of things, really. Yes, yeah, sorry to interrupt. We're running out no of time. Problem. But finally, um, how are you feeling about the the coming months? Uh, do you think those, you know, gangbuster figures of increase are set to continue, or will it flatten out a bit?
0: Well, we're, all, we're already hearing um, about a, a huge demand from consumers for plants. Um, the nurseries are quite busy uh, getting stock out of the garden centres in preparation for when they're going to open. As I mentioned, a lot of garden centres are doing ordering online or uh, for delivery at the moment, and they're all preparing uh, for when they can open safely again, which we hope will be very soon.
2: Well, look, it's a great story and good to hear the positivity. Carol, thanks for joining us uh, this morning. That's Carol Marks. The horticulture sector manager at Board uh, BIA. You've nearly persuaded Thanks, me to get out to the garden today, but <laughs> thank you very much. That's some achievement. Carol Marks there from uh, Board BIA, and uh, good to talk to her and good to bring you a good news story. Coming up after the break, we'll be talking about another good news story uh, the decision by the government announced during the week to announce uh, millions, which will go to both carlo and Kilkenny for urban regeneration projects.
1: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell Brought to you in association
0: with the Neil Foley accountants Our website, ons.ie shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small Lanchin, our Facebook, our Twitter August our Instagram, KCLR
2: KCLR indeed It's just uh, 22 and a half minutes away from 10 o'clock John Purcell with you on the Bottom Line the programme for and about business here on KCLR now very positive uh, news there from Karl Marx from Board B about the growth in uh, horticulture sales and more good news during the week with the announcement of funding under the uh, urban renewal scheme announced by the government a total of 9.79 in approved funding in addition to 580,000 already approved in call 1 for a master plan for Carlow Town Centre. Joining me on the line is Kieran uh, Comerford from carlo county council director of services good morning Karen. hi john how are
3: you good morning.
2: very well thanks and good news um you know retail and so on in changed times and many people under pressure but a lot of money uh coming to uh you know upgrade the town center of carlo just bring us through it briefly
3: yeah, it's a very welcome announcement this week uh, by the Minister of, of the Funding. And it's based on a project called Project Carlo 2040, which is a 20-year, 20, 20 um capitalistic strategy to basically reinvigorate Carlo Town. And effectively what we do is then we place projects into the ORDF fund. So the first set of projects is all around connectivity and experience. Uh, so the Barry Street property or the whole Barry Street area will be revitalized. There will be a new connectivity through Carlo Shopping Centre uh, down to the Data Market. There's the reinvigoration of, uh, there's the reinvigoration of Tuller Street. There's the reinvigoration of Shamrock Square and also connectivity from the train station through Carlo College. Yeah, so there's
2: evidence that you mentioned the word experience there because, um, you know, I know from pre-COVID times talking to businesses uh, that the research shows very much that when people want to buy in bricks and mortar stores, the experience like where they can hang out or sit in the sun or have coffee um, and all that sort of stuff is a big, big factor on whether they decide to go online or go to a shop.
3: Yeah, and fundamentally about, like, there's there's multiple parts to creating a good town centre environment, and obviously the business community and the community, and that whole experience thing is essential, and uh, uh, when you look at what we're doing under URDF, it's very much A, about making the town more accessible, but B, enhancing the experience, so if you're a retailer, if you're a business in those locations, the attractiveness of the area around you really is designed for your customer in mind and for your business in mind as well, uh, so it is really about a flow and experience, and then critical points of access as well so if you arrive in the train station it'll be much easier to get to the town centre as well and I suppose this also ties into a number of other investments and projects so while the URDF is a significant investment also the Carlo Exchange we've other projects being developed as well uh, under it so it's all about creating a different experience in the town centre because the consumer has changed in the last 20 years and towns need to change with them
2: Yeah now you're talking 2040 is the overall vision but how soon will work start and when will people start seeing, um, seeing a difference Tell us a bit about the process.
3: Yeah, the process of URDF, the funding was announced, uh, as I said, last week. So uh, the project seemed to be appointed shortly, and then obviously internally, every part of the project has to go to planning. Uh, Planning in the local authority is called Part A process. Uh, So a Part A process is basically where the public can submit their views. So it's uh, obviously initially kicked off by the elected members, and then there's a statutory period. So that process takes uh, roughly roughly five or six months. Uh, uh, obviously, there's pre-development before that, and then as part of that, we communicate what the planned implementation is. So, for each of those project elements over the coming months, what you'll see is a discussion with the members in the context of the timescale, a discussion about when the public can have their say, when the business community can have their say, and then a statutory planning process uh, which will lead to that. In tandem with this, we were very conscious as well as Carlo needed other projects development. So, separate to URDS. We're about to engage in the Carlo Exchange project. That's going to planning, actually, this week. So we hope to be shoveling the ground for that in later part of this year. And with Fault Ireland, actually, we're doing the Destination Towns project, and we're about to go for planning for a new public realm experience outside of Visual and Carlo College, and also an orientation, and that will be eight and hopefully out the part side of us uh, later in the year. So, the, as I said, it's really important we stay with so many stakeholders involved in achieving this for Carlo. That everyone stays together in the context of it, but also everyone has their say. So we have both a statutory and non-statutory processes to do that.
2: So. yeah, and uh, so some planning already underway, and then more to come. What's what the funding announced during the week? What's your sense on when that will actually go to planning? Uh,
3: it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be, it'll be within the year, basically. Okay, so yeah, and a, a period of time. So basically, what we would have submitted to make to the department, and people can see this in the plan. Here's the concepts in the context of the connectivity around Barrett Street and things like that. So our next process is a point design team, they come up with a design and then we put it out to the space. So that takes a period of time.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of talk about pedestrian-friendly spaces and street furniture and all that, um, cycling infrastructure. Is it likely to impact on, on, on car use uh, or what's your feeling on that or is that all yet to be decided and people will have a, an opportunity to make their... Voices heard yeah, listen, the whole,
3: the, the whole thing of the green economy, and not just URDF, but obviously active travel as a policy of government is there, and the uh, cycle lanes, cycle infrastructure, walking infrastructure are prevalent in new national government policy. Uh, Carlo had invested in cycle infrastructure. Obviously, there's further investment planned in that whole space of active travel. And it's really about uh, designing new public spaces that are designed for the users, and the users are the community and the business community and the wider community who live there. And that balanced approach uh, so when we approach redesigning a street or looking at some of the concepts, uh, it is really about that consumer experience. It, there's no suggestion in the of 2040 plan of mass pedestrianisation of town. It's really about connectivity. And if you look at the two critical projects which make this pro- pro- programme work, the connectivity on Barrick Street involves uh, the creation of a new street effectively and also the connectivity around the rail station. So neither of those involve pedestrianisation. So I think in, in times past, a lot of people... Uh, would, would have concerns around pedestrianization through the conversation to have around parking, through the conversation to have around process. But the current plan is about connectivity and experience and obviously when we get down to the detail design we'll go into the actual detail mechanics of how
2: that works. Now shops and retail premises largely closed on less of an essential nature at the moment um, but Carlow County Council coming out with your retail enhancement support program at the moment, something that although people may be closed at the moment they should be actually bearing in mind because some attractive support for retail in that Ciaran.
3: Yeah, uh, as part of our brief under the Local Enterprise Office and Economic Development, uh, we've been very keen in working with the Chamber of Commerce and other local groups to ensure that there was an appropriate local response to COVID. That has taken everything from marketing initiatives, which you like to yourselves, and I suppose this year what we're looking at is the whole boot process. So the first thing, obviously, we've launched is the Retail Plus program, which was launched last week, and that's effectively um, a scheme that basically A, provides support to people around enhancements at their shop front because essentially that shop front experience is still there. So there is financial support there available for that, but also guidance and, and mentors. We're about to launch a new mentoring panel. Uh, we've just recruited over 120 advisors. Uh, for a variety of subjects so uh, it's bringing all that together in a really clear way and uh, next week we'll be announcing our support for events uh, as well uh, hopefully we'll have festival events later in the year and again we put in place a new support system for them
2: So lots going on Kieran. if people want to find out more about this or any of the other uh, things I suppose your website the best place to start give us a shout out for that
3: yeah, ideally social media, you go to the Carlow County Council's community information page or carlow.ie or local enterprise force.carlow uh, or drop us a line either at enterprise.carlowcoco.ie and uh, I'd encourage people The plan, is available there, plenty of plan. It's, uh, it's, it's not, it is, it is there for everybody, it's, it's digestible in the context of it and I encourage people to read it and digest it and if any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to us and we'll talk to them directly.
2: Okay, thanks very much. Uh, that's uh, Karen Comerford, who's Director of Good Services. Thank Good you, Karen. Now, uh, joining me on the line is, I'm not too sure, uh, I think it's Anne Barber. Good morning, or is it Rory Gannon? Uh,
4: well, I'm here.
2: Good morning, Anne. <laughs> Good morning, Anne. I pressed a wrong button, um, which <laughs> is my want. Uh, I think I've got Rory on the line now as well. Good morning, Rory good morning john how are you very well now apologies for that bit of a foofa that's no Anne Barber of butterslip uh, in rosin street and also rory gannon of Cakeface in in Town and face on cairn street um rory it was this time last year uh, that you were just after opening face on cairn street uh, and then this dashed covid thing arrived um how have you adapted and and how have you kept the show on the road over the last year
5: yeah, well, it's, it's obviously like for everybody in the hospitality sector, it's been an incredibly challenging year. Um, and obviously for us personally, only only really getting up and running and then being knocked back was difficult. But but I suppose we kind of we had to adapt. We obviously shut down like everybody for a bit, and then um, we like a lot of food places. We kind of changed our offering, obviously orientated fully to takeaway and foods that we, uh, you know eat that you could eat on the go and outside. And um, overall kind of glass half full kind of look at things from the past year we've been very lucky i think compared to a lot of the hospitality industry that has been that's been an awful lot worse situation from the, the wet pubs of the hotels so you know it's it's the, the businesses that could orientate the takeaway kind of at least were able to do enough to survive
2: yeah and you've been closed but you've been uh, pivoting i suppose a lot of your business to online how's that going for you yeah
4: likewise i mean we always had a website so we were lucky in that regard that the website was up and running and ready to go um and yeah we are now fully online that's our whole business so it's gone really well i have to say and it builds uh the more you do the more you get the more the word spreads so it's constantly um a case of just getting the word out there and letting people know that you are there you're online you can call us and um, we had a very busy mother's day that was fantastic um so yeah i mean there's always people who are always with new babies and people want to send a little bit of love out to their mothers their sisters whoever so we're there and we're sending presents and um, we're there five days a week you can call us on the phone as well so you know like we said it's half full well, you just have to look at what you can do and we're mm. making the most of it
2: and you've literally been on your bike around the lanes and the yeah. slips and <laughs> the streets of kilkenny delivering how have you found that
4: That's right. Yeah, well, as we can no longer do click and collect, we wanted to offer a service to the local customers because, in fairness, nobody wants to pay a delivery charge when they live two minutes up the road. And so we're doing that deliveries instead. And it's been brilliant. Um, I can't always manage it on my bike, I'll be honest, John. Sometimes it's a bit too much. But it's really interesting. I saying I have a little app and I can put in my route. um, I can put in all my destinations and figure out the best route to go. So I've been learning a lot about how to get around Kilkenny. I see little shortcuts and things like that. Um, yeah, no, it's been really, really interesting. Um, one of the things with regards to the city centre, I suppose, is just how little... You do need to drive in the city centre. The ring road is fantastic for getting around, getting in and out of all the places when you're doing domestic delivery. So just been very interesting from that regard.
2: Rory, uh, your cake face, your first operation, which burst onto the scene, I'm not too sure how long ago it was. We're in a bit of a time-space kind of distortion field at the moment. But um, you're down beside the Abbey Quarter, which has been redeveloped. Some additional funding um some exciting sort of stuff. There's gonna be a boardwalk from Green's Bridge linking the River nor riverside walk with the new park up towards the canal walk. and um, there's gonna be further work down there. It all sounds good and it's gonna be good possibly for that end of town. How's Irish Town faring?
5: Yeah well we've we've obviously been watching this with great interest this week um and we're very excited about the new the, um, Irish town. Ever since, I suppose, as the new bridge went in 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 the last couple of years, down that end of town has, has started to open up um, the area. And obviously, we've been watching the, the 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 walk beside the river from the other side. And obviously, unfortunately, that got delayed but been stopped. But I think the Abbey Quarter is going to be massive for this end of town. It's going to obviously bring people down the river across the bridges. Um, and as everybody's been speaking, it's it's all about. Trying to create experiences for customers, you know, so it's not just in your cafe or in your shop, it's people coming into town, tourists. That's the more beautiful spaces there are, the more people that's going to be in town, and and the better it is for business.
2: Yeah, and a huge surge in people um, uh, eating and drinking outside. It's really remarkable. I know down in the market uh, yard there, uh, close to your face outlet, um, that's seen a huge growth in it
5: yeah it's been incredible like you know it's it's people i think for the first time ever for irish people we've had to learn to to not just eat outside on the perfect days you know because like, unfortunately there's not that many of them like and there's always a little bit of a cold breeze or or it's threat of a shower so people have adapted because of course they've had to uh they've kind of gotten better clothing better uh, you know and just realized that maybe it's not that bad and and even beyond covid sitting outside with friends um Especially in a deal of a city like the Kenny is is hopefully something that will hold on to going forward.
2: Yeah, we can actually sit and drink a cup of coffee in the great outdoors without a heatwave. Uh, it doesn't have to be <laughs> actually exactly, exactly. Yeah, record exactly. temperatures. Uh, we've got to take a break. Stay with me, uh, Rory and Anne. Uh, you're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR. I'm talking to Anne Barber and Rory Gannon about the uh, announcement of additional funding for urban regeneration in the centre of Kilkenny. Don't go away.
1: KCLR. Proud to be local.
2: Indeed, and we're talking to two proud local uh, business owners, Anne Barber and Rory Gannon, uh, Anne from The Butterslip, and Rory from uh, Cakeface and Face. Um, Anne, uh, we were talking about the experience of retail is so important. Now, unfortunately, that's deprived uh, uh, to people at the moment because of the restrictions, but you, presumably you find that in, uh, as well in your uh, shop and the whole experience of kind of wandering along Cairn Street or down Rose yeah. Inn Street. Street, that's a very important thing to help footfall into your shop
4: oh very much so very much so and i think you know great work has been done in our public spaces and it's great to see the announcement for more being done because we do have to make beautiful spaces to entice people to come into town to give them the incentive to want to come in to stroll around um and we're seeing that at the moment even with the shops closed and people are dying to come in just even look at shop windows with a cup of coffee in hand
2: really um, are you finding that
4: Oh, hugely, hugely! That's an activity in itself, you know. <laughs> Just, yeah, so so window uh,
2: shopping uh, a whole new, a uh, whole new window importance. Window
4: shopping has taken on a whole new life, so it's really important to keep the windows spruced up and beautiful looking as well. Um, Because they think people are starved of that. I mean, I'm getting messages from people all the time saying, yeah, they can't wait to get back in and and get into the shop in person. So you can get what you need online, and it's brilliant to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, and so you're actually putting new stuff in your window and changing it around. So it's not just one-dimensional that your shop is closed and people are going online.
4: Absolutely not. I I feel very strongly that we still have to offer that. And because of where my shop is located as well, it's in a very key location on a corner there that a lot of people pass by so it's an opportunity for me but it's also something i think i can give back by just creating a really pretty beautiful window there that makes people smile when they go by
2: yeah Um, and rory that's important to you i sense as well because it's more than just just kind of slapping out an old cup of coffee in a in a mug or or whatever the whole look of the place and the experience very important to cake face and face
5: Oh uh massively. Uh, particularly, particularly for us to say in cake face even with with the desserts, um, it's it's all about the visual. Like, you know, it's it's people see the stuff before before they, they buy it, before they taste it. So we uh we had a had actually a leak in, in, in around Christmas time which kinda of forced our hand and, and we, we changed around um cake face uh from a uh, from a decor point of view and we've had really positive feedback from it and we're really happy with it and it's it's, it's that kind of stuff that will help us when when eventually we can really like everybody else kick start hopefully in the summer and keep going it's 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 getting the structures right and the visuals and everything like that but hopefully there's a, a busy summer ahead
2: yeah and even your lab down in in um in Irish town people can look in and see uh your people making stuff
5: yes exactly so that you see again that's the same theory even when when we a, a commercial space like a lab or a commercial kitchen generally is behind closed doors um, places often in kind of basements or industrial estates but we figured that especially with the type of stuff that we do that people were interested and in. we do find people walking the medieval mile in previous years especially tourists will stop and, and have a look in, just like, like Anne's shop you know it, it's it's trying to do stuff that piques people's interest and and you know gets them in the door,
2: yeah, so all positive news really, so many struggles ahead, but we have to look at the glass half full and uh you're doing okay folks,
5: absolutely yeah, a hundred percent it's it's uh it's it's been a tough year, but I think um it's we're
2: hopefully getting towards
5: the end of it in the next couple of months, and um it's about being ready or as ready as we can be to to hopefully capitalize on people coming back out and the travel starting again and, and eventually tourists coming back so it's, it's it's gearing up hopefully for a big big couple of years
2: okay well look rory thanks for joining us and best of luck to you and everybody in cake face and in face and Anne, a nice um text in from a regular listener saying that my children insist on walking down rose Inn street hey. to look at the window <laughs> in butterslip so a good piece of advice to people who may not be open uh who are doing online but don't forget your windows
4: it's, I think it's the most important advertising you have and it is a way of communicating with customers and, and giving something back. And I'm very proud to be on the street there. So, yeah, delighted to hear that.
2: Good on you, Anne. uh That's Anne Barber of The Butterslip in Rosin Street in Kakenny and also Rory Gannon uh, of Cakeface and Face. Thanks to you both. Thanks,
4: Anne. Bye. Bye. Thank
2: you. Thanks, Rory. Um, that's about all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. If you have any comments or ideas, you can email us at the bottom line at caseylore96fm.com or if you'd like to listen back to this show or any episode, just download the app where you'll find all the podcasts uh, and repeats or search for The Bottom Line on Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. Do please leave us a review if you get a chance. Uh, if you, uh, I'd just like to thank all our guests this week, Don O'Donovan, Carl Marx, Kieran Comfort, Anne Barber and Rory Gannon. Thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produced The show and thank you for listening. Until we speak again next Saturday, just after nine, do what's right, keep your distance, hold firm, and keep the faith. And as International Happiness Day says, keep calm, stay wise, and be kind. Until next week, goodbye.
1: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell, brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley
0: Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie